There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. What's up, buddy? It's Spencer. Welcome to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. Joined, as always, by Michael. Hello, everybody. And um, not a lot to say here, aside from football's almost over. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm getting kind of sad. I'm excited, nervous, sad. I, I know we'll talk about it a little bit more, but... Patrick Mahomes since Super Bowl again. Hey, hey, did did you know that uh Mr. Patrick Mahomes went to Texas Tech? Hey, that's where I went to school too. Hey. Wow, what a coincidence. Man, it's just so cool. It's like we're it's it's like we're brothers. I mean We I, are. We totally are. I definitely know him. He knows me. We're best we're best friends. Yeah, we um we were on campus at the you know, seven, eight years apart, same time. So same time, roughly. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, we did get more baseball news, but not mm-hmm. all baseball news. Pretty good chunk though. It's a trickle. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They don't want to overload us because they know how, how much we are starved for baseball and we just cannot be baseball logged right now. They've, they've got to, slowly uh, accumulate. Uh, what is it? Reaccommodate our system. Yeah. Yeah. There's something like that. Spread it out. Make sure we don't overload. Like you said, um, we'll talk basketball. There, there was a basketball game this week. Real crappy. Ugh, I am not ready to talk about that, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, and if we just couldn't help ourselves, we have more football news. Some good, mostly bad. <laughs> <laughs> at least directly related to Texas tech football is bad, but tangentially related to Texas tech football Ten- tangentially really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, yeah. So we, we mentioned the basketball game. If, if, if for some reason you, you like to, to hear or read commiserating on Twitter, cause I, I that's where a lot of people, it's what a lot of people do during games is they, they complain and commiserate together. You can do that. You do it with me, Michael, and the podcast simultaneously. We have different takes, Michael and I do. Shocker. <laughs> and there are some things I, I, I say on my personal account that I, I don't say on the podcast account. Anyways, you can follow the podcast at 23 personnel. Follow me, Spencer, at punts suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. can also pick up 23 personnel podcast merchandise teespring.com slash stores slash 23 personnel podcast t-shirts and hoodies besides that snowstorm we got uh it's 
I mean, it's technically still winter, right? But it's, uh, it's not been too bad. Not too cold. I've got the, I've got the, the lazy man's fire going right now. I've got the gas fire roaring in the background, but, but yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Hey, so you know how you said that uh, football was almost over? Yes, uh, that was intentional. Yeah, well, well, let me tell you what, Michael. The wait is over. Finally over. Football is in full effect. Is it? For one more game. And the NBA is back. My Mavs took down your spurs. Go Mavs, go. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to bet online today and use promo code armchair to take advantage of all of the great signup bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I don't think anybody says go Mavs go. It doesn't matter, man. I did. <sighs> You're starting it right now. Uh, that's what that's what I'm here for. Okay. You want to start with baseball? Yes. I kind of do. Let's do it. Left field. Well struck. Desloni picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. Young lifts it to right field. Looking for a second home. and some time because all the tools are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren and into the bleachers. There he goes. And the pitch is driven from deep to right. First end of the wall. Off the top of the fence. Here comes the big foul. Cameron Warren's going to lower home from first. Throw the third is late. And the Red Raiders have reclaimed the lead. All right, man. Some baseball scheduling news. More of the schedule. Yeah, quite a bit. Not the whole tamale, but I mean, you you broke it last week that the Big Twelve was was going to basically do a normal schedule. They had toyed the the four game series, but have now gone back to the normal three game series for each each uh, each one. Right? Yeah. So, well, here's the thing the the official schedule that we have is incomplete because we know of another pre pre-conference non-conference tournament. The Redditors will be playing in that is not on the official schedule. So the schedule as it's, as it is today has three non-conference games in the college baseball showdown at globe life field in Arlington, Texas against number eight, Arkansas, number six, Ole Miss, number seven, Mississippi state. That is a way to start a fo- uh, football. That's a way to start a baseball season. Yeah. So you've got, I mean, obviously Texas tech, w- w- which we'll talk about in a second is top five. And you've got three other top 10. I mean, top eight, like that's not, let's not 
So I'm taking anything away from Arkansas here as number eight, as the lowest of the, of the teams here. Um, top eight opponents in your opening weekend. It's tough. Yeah. And uh, what's even the, probably the toughest thing about it for us fans is if you're not going to be there in Arlington, you will have to figure out how to watch it on flow baseball, whatever, whatever way that works. Usually it's some weird, I think you can get it either for one month for $150 or six months for 600. I don't remember what it is. You know what? That sounds just about right. Uh, It's an expensive, well, it's an expense. Let's put it that way. The numbers are a little high. I, I may have exaggerated slightly, but it is just kind of one of those. They know that you are only going to subscribe to it for one month. And so they, they're going to get you. <laughs> they got to make up for all their costs in this one yep. weekend. <laughs> they're going to get you. <laughs> um, and then the rest of the schedule is just conference. So currently the, the schedule that Texas Tech released, there is a one month gap between the Mississippi state game and your first conference uh, series, which will be home versus right now, number 20, Oklahoma state. Talk about like an opening big 12 weekend too. Yeah. You're home against a ranked opponent. You and Oklahoma state have had some really entertaining baseball in the past few years. Chippy, uh, chippy man. Did you watch the, <laughs> did you watch the bill? Not the bills. Um, yeah, it was Bill's Chiefs and Romo said chippy like 30 times in like 27 <laughs> seconds. Man, this game's getting chippy. They're getting chippy down there. Um, of course, you you, you face them in the Super Regionals uh, here in Lubbock. Anyways, you all know that. Uh, I am expecting a lot of games to be filled in in that month. Uh, scheduling. I mean, the, the, the other tournament we know about, uh, would be the one in round rock, I believe. Yes. With, uh, yes, I think that's still going on. They wouldn't be your opponents, but Texas and TCU are also playing in that, but it's like, wait, no, we, we, we talked about last week. It's, uh, the first weekend in March against Texas state, the Saturday game, there's been a change. Well, that's not, that's not the round rock one. No, sorry. It's Shiner's classic in Houston. Okay. I mean, yeah, I haven't seen, I'm I'm sure Keith probably has seen it. And, and as always weekly plug follow at dinger underscore Derby on the Twitter and subscribe to dinger Derby podcast. I think he's getting ready to gear up again, but I think if, if there is one for the round rock, I I don't remember seeing much about it. I misspoke. I, I, I was thinking about this one, the Shriners Classic gotcha. in Houston. Um, it'll be the first weekend of March. So even then, you still got a couple of weeks. Well, you, you got a week of non-conference games before this tournament, after the one in Arlington. And then you'll have a couple of weeks after this before conference play. So you've got quite a few games to fill in. Anyways, Friday, Texas State. Like I teased a second ago, the Saturday game against A&M schedule change there. And then Sunday versus rice. Michael, did you see yes. what happened with the schedule on Saturday? Yes, I did. And it's, it go it's, tell the, tell the folks, tell the folks so what happened. <laughs> it was, it was announced via the, I believe the Shriners classic actually put out the, the teams that were going to be, be, competing that weekend 
and all the teams, including Texas A&M, Texas Tech, Rice, Texas, TCU, I believe, are the other teams I don't have on here. Um, but then A&M releases their schedule, and they are committed that weekend somewhere else. Oh. So with the opportunity to play some in-state rivals, they ducked out. Now, don't be too sad. You do get to play a Texas A&M that weekend. You get to play somebody in their system. Texas A&M Corpus Christi. The Islanders. The Sand Aggies. Man, that, that is... The Beach Aggies, what everyone calls We're really, we're really building something against the Islanders, having played them in basketball and now just baseball. a few weeks ago. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just really... It, it feels just like Javorski Lane is... is making guarantees and everything. It's, it's just that exact same feeling that I got in 07, 08. Does, uh, does Texas A&M commerce have a baseball team? Can we just <laughs> go ahead and like take care of their entire system? That's not just in college station and be like, okay, you're next. <laughs> I'm sure they could field one anyway. So, uh, unsurprisingly, A&M had the opportunity to play some big 12 opponents. They said, Nah, no, we don't want to be embarrassed. We out. Um, sorry, we already had plans. Yeah, we're we're committed somewhere else. Uh, but the rest of the conference schedule. Uh, so after the first, the opening weekend at home versus Oklahoma State, you have a weekend off. I assume that's going to be a non-conference uh, group put in there. And then the first weekend of April, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which I would assume that's Easter weekend, you're going to be in Manhattan, Kansas to take on Kansas State. Then home versus number 10 TCU. Following that, you're going to be traveling to number 14 West Virginia. Home versus Baylor. On the road versus number nine Texas. You're off a week for finals. Then you're on the road again. So this is the only time you go back to back series, but not back to back weekends on the road in Norman, take on Oklahoma and then home to finish out this, the season, the regular, regular season conference season against Kansas. So your final game will be your final regular season game will be Saturday, May the 22nd. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm interested to see who all gets scheduled here and there because they have the ability to do that. I would imagine there's going to be some New Mexico's and New Mexico states pop in here and there on a midweek. But uh, I guess we may not know that till Valentine's Day or something. So here, here's where it gets a little crazy. Um, the Big 12 approved a 56-game season schedule the schedule that texas tech released has 27 games Woo! so you've got that then the three in houston i'll put you at 30 so you've got 26 games left to be put on the schedule or at least officially released and to get tim to tadlock likes to play baseball so I'm, I'm willing to bet he's gonna get as close to 50 as he can filled up i mean he may he may try to max it out and get all 56 in, but I just don't know if he'll actually be able to do it. But 
I'm sure he's going to try as much as he can. Yeah, I, I, I believe I heard they, they are, or at least they were talking about what kind of game requirements that you would need to be participating in uh, the postseason tournament. Not, not, not the Big 12 tournament, but the College World Series. I think it was like, it was like really high and, and this is maybe where it's currently at. Not, you know, not taking COVID into account, but I think it was like 50 games. Wow. So that's, the, that's asking a lot <laughs> this year, you know, which is why I think maybe that's what it typically is. And they, they may have to lower that. Um, but that still means you've got to get 20 non-conference games added to the schedule from where you're at. Yeah, because you don't, for the most part, if there's a, a significant COVID issue and one game's canceled, that three games are canceled. I mean, the, the series at is, the is very done. Least, at the very least, you lose three right there. Because that's just talking about the weekend. And like the only way I see you would, I, only way I see you losing just the three games for like a weekend is if the opponent had COVID. Because if you have COVID, you're probably missing two weeks. Yeah. Which is 10 games. It could it could spread into that because it sure could. What Texas Tech typically does is, is they'll play two midweek games and a three game series in the weekend, so we're playing five games a week. Yeah, we've we've got to Ohio State this thing. We've yeah. got to figure out how to make sure <laughs> Texas Tech gets in there no matter what, even if they just play seventeen games or something. Yeah. So already the schedule's loaded, and that's just looking at conference play and the college baseball showdown in Arlington in terms of ranked opponents you're playing. Um, so big 12 baseball is a lot like big 12 basketball has been that um, there's very few opportunities to take a, a breath and be like, oh, okay, we got this. Yeah. We're only playing West Virginia this way. Oh wait, never mind. No, West Virginia is really good. Um, we're only playing Oklahoma State. Oh no, they're good. Yeah, it's it's pretty stacked, and it's kind of interesting. It's almost the same teams that are doing well in basketball right now, or several of them. Yeah, I mean, switch TCU and Baylor in terms of those that are ranked. Yeah, and just add Kansas. pretty much. I mean, really, Kansas and Kansas State aren't like great at baseball. Baylor has been pretty good the past few years. They're not ranked this season. That that's could obviously that change. Yeah. I mean, that's, it doesn't mean they're not any good chance. Yeah, sure. Just because yeah. they're not ranked doesn't mean they're not good. Uh, and obviously when you play three game series, it's difficult even with an outmatched team that you're going to win all three of those games. Did tech drop a series to Baylor last year or maybe the year before we, we hadn't anyway. played Baylor yet last season. Oh, okay. Okay. We just started conference play or we were going to start West Virginia said, we're not traveling. And then it shut down. So yeah, man, excited, excited for baseball. Me, me too. And it's kind of cool the way they're doing it. It's I'm sure there's, there's people that are just dying to know the complete schedule, but I kind of like knowing it in pieces. It, it's, it's kind of fun, you know, maybe in three or four days we'll, learn some crazy midweek matchup between Louisville or something where they're going to meet and Joplin, Missouri and <laughs> duke it out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, man, who knows? But we do know first game Friday, February 19th. That is three weeks away. Got lots of baseball to get in over the next few months. I kind of don't want to do it, but I, I we, we have to do it 
We can talk about yeah. basketball. Okay, let's let's get it over with. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. So first off, conference schedule adjustments. We know last week we had TCU and I, Iowa State both got scratched same day. I think it was last Tuesday, actually. Yeah, um, pretty sure. So it was like a Wednesday, Saturday slate. Both got scratched. I'm like, okay, great. We have to wait until Monday to play again, which was yesterday against West Virginia. And even then we were kind of unsure because West Virginia hadn't played yet after their long break from having COVID issues. Um, the TCU game was rescheduled. I felt fairly quickly. It's going to be uh, that week that baseball starts the Wednesday, the baseball starts Wednesday, the 17th. Um, unfortunately though, that gives you quite uh, <laughs> gives you kind of, kind of a stacked week there. You're going to play four games in eight days three of those being on the road. Yeah, uh, it's going to be, I mean, hey, whatever it takes to get them rescheduled and everything works out well and players are healthy and not hurt and all that kind of good stuff. All that great things. But what, so but yeah, what, what's also, it's pretty rough. <laughs> interesting to me is the one home game in that stretch is the rescheduled game. Like, yes, you were going to go Saturday on the road, Monday on the road, following Saturday on the road. But now you've got Saturday on the road, Monday on the road, Wednesday at home. Funny, you play TCU Monday and Wednesday and then Saturday at Kansas. Yeah, the the Wednesday TCU game's been rescheduled, but they still don't have a time for it. Um they just it's going to be Wednesday at some time six or eight on ES, ESPN two or ESPN U and you just, just kind of see where it goes. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd prefer you or not. It doesn't matter. I think I would prefer plus actually plus is, has been better than you. <laughs> I'm not talking about you Spitzer. Oh, man, Nobody's better than you. I don't, I don't, I don't schedule basketball. I don't play basketball. I used to terrible at it. Um, Iowa State game has not yet been rescheduled. Yeah, I haven't seen anything about that. I haven't even seen any kind of rumors or smoke on that one. So who knows? That they're just going to run out of time if they don't try to do something about it. Especially if there's going to be a a Big Twelve tournament. 
Yeah. And so that would be unfortunate for you because you need games against TCU and Iowa. Like you don't like if you're going to be losing games off the schedule selfishly, I don't want them to be against TCU and Iowa state who are ninth and 10th in the conference. Couldn't like, agree more. If we have to lose a game, let's, let's cut the, let's cut the road game in Waco. Let's go ahead and drop that one off the schedule. Sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, at Kansas doesn't seem as, as daunting anymore. Are those the last two like really scary road games? And even like, cause Texas well, is going to be home. Oklahoma is going to be home. Going to Stillwater won't be fun. Going to Stillwater. Yeah. But I mean, how long is Kate Cunningham going to be out? Oh, that's a Anyways. good point. Um, well, they didn't need him against West Virginia. Of course, I think West Virginia came back and won, but still. Speaking about West Virginia coming back and winning. Oh. So, yeah, let's go ahead and review that game really quickly. I, I see really quickly. It'll probably take us a while because I'm just going to complain about it for a while. Um, <laughs> two teams that are known for their defense, although uh, different ways of being intense on the defensive side, West Virginia, obviously, or at least historically has been known for putting a lot of pressure on teams, forcing a lot of turnovers. Whereas Texas tech forces a lot of bad shots. They, 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 they take away the easy drives down the lane, um, force you, you know, down the baseline or to take jump shots. Strangely though, both of these teams against their, you know, these, these defenses I just told you about shot better than 50% from the floor. Yes. No, no. Well, not both tech didn't tech was at barely seven, but they like, like if you shoot 47% from the floor, you typically feel really good about your offense at night. You oh, scored time. You scored 87 points. You feel pretty good about scoring nearly 90 points against an opponent. West Virginia shot nearly 60%, 57.7%. Now it's, it's crazy. And, and part of it is going to be a lot of free throws because West Virginia attempted 15 more free throws, but they only took 52 shots on the night where you took 73 and they, they scored 88 points on 52 shots. Um, yeah. And I kept thinking, okay, at some point in the first half and this, this happened against UT too. And I think it happened in another game that I'm, I'm missing, but they've got to cool off and they did a little bit. They cooled off at the end of the first half, but then that was about it, man. They, well, they shot for the game. They shot 63% from three. They shot 60 in the first half, but in the second half they shot 67% from three. Yeah. They were 12 of 19 from three. I mean, at one point in the first half, you were down 10 and then mm-hmm. you, you heated up, uh, in the, at the end of the first half to end up tying it. And, and I said it at halftime, I was like, man, um, it felt like you could have been down pretty big at that point, which was strange because like West Virginia was doing so well. And then you get to halftime, you're like, we're tied. Oh, um, and then Texas tech built a 12 point lead. You had a 22 point swing where Texas yeah, tech was down 10, then up by 12. And then in the second half in the span of 80 seconds like that, West Virginia scored eight points. So <laughs> they, they took your 12 point lead down to a four point lead. And at that point it's like, 
no longer comfortable. And it wasn't comfortable. You, I I have a hard time attributing this to anything besides a team just being just outside of their mind. But for the final nearly 10 minutes of the game, West Virginia did not miss a shot. How does that happen? Their only misses were, I think, a couple of free throws. A couple of free throws. But like, they went something like 940 of game time. They were 10 of 10 on on field goals, which is strange. They only took 10 field goal attempts on that stretch. But like I said, they only took 52 on the night. Um, They, it's not like they were all like uncontested layups or dunks or runouts or whatever. Like there was a good stretch of where they were setting screens for McBride who kept hitting threes and they ran the same dang screen at the top of the key, like four or five possessions in a row. Like probably not one that many, but the guys, whenever you see number three, go to the top of the key, just go around them. Cause they're trying to get the ball to number four McBride. Cause he kept hitting threes. Um, yeah. So like it, it, it was just like statistically, it's a really strange game to look at where both teams known for the defense stats don't hold that out uh, where you've got teams shooting 47 and 57% from the field. Um, weird time management there at the end where you had three back to back to back timeouts on an inbounds play where West Virginia had the ball with like 15 seconds left. Um, there are a couple of things that I think you and I are going to talk about two different things. Hindsight, we would have done differently. Um, I I'll go first. I'll say that like on that final possession for West Virginia, I would have fouled. Like even, oh, yeah. even like if you were fouling McBride, cause I, I said in the Slack chat, I was like, do, do you foul here? And Dan, who I, I trust his opinion and I respect it. He said, no, you don't do that. But like, at least in my mind, you're down by one point. It felt like all of the momentum was with West Virginia. We knew the ball was going to go to McBride who hadn't missed. Nobody had missed really in 10 minutes. McBride was shooting out of his mind though. Like even if, like, even if, if, if you're fouling McBride, he asked her, he has to earn both of those points one at a time. And you get more time to run your last play. Like you, you get to have another possession because McBride, I think there were 16 seconds left when, right. When play resumed and they had turned the shot clock off. So McBride could have wasted five or six more seconds before he took his shot. Like there was no guarantee you're getting the ball back. Yes. He, he, he got his look somehow double teamed and, and hit his layup with like five or six seconds left. Um, which left the door open for, for you to get off a, not bad last shot attempt, but like, like I said, hindsight here, I, I would have at least tried to foul and, and give yourself a little bit more time. Um, I mean, we all know McClung was going to get the ball at the end. Like he had, I mean, dang, he 30 points on the night. Like we knew the ball was going to him. Um, yeah. At one point the, the guy had 19 points in 12 minutes. I'm, I'm, but then on the flip side of that, I was, I was I was tweeting so much and, and so excited about how well McClung was playing that it took me too long to notice how well McBride was playing and he had 17 points in the last seven minutes, man. I think he outscored Tech 17-13 in that stretch. Yeah, he did. 
but but to go back to what you were saying, I don't have you know I wouldn't have had an issue with them fouling him. He's one of the best. I, I, but the announcers said this about somebody. I think he's one of, if not the best free throw shooter in the Big Twelve. Is that right? I, I, Am I, I, making I, that up? I don't. I wouldn't contest that. But like I said. He was seven for eight on the night. So but you still have to make him earn it one at a time. So there's still an opportunity for him to miss. You still like, obviously you want to believe in your defense, but I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I, I like how, cause I mean, he may not have had any left in Austin either, but I didn't mind how beard let the, the last possession play out in Austin because wasn't, wasn't tech up by one or was it, or was tech tied? in Austin when McClung made that shot. They, I don't know why I can't remember that. I, I think they were tied. I, I kind of think so too. It just felt like whatever situation they were in, it didn't feel as dire as being down by one and having to scramble and get a shot off in 5.9 seconds without a timeout. So all that is where I'm going back to. I'm not so sure I liked that. No, I didn't like the timeout. I didn't like the timeout. Uh, you know, Huggins had his guys come out and then beard immediately called a timeout as if he knew exactly what they were going to do. And then of course, Huggins is going to change it anyway. And then Huggins calls his timeout after that. So it was just all, it felt like a, they nullified each other the, those last two timeouts anyway. And well, I, I really think it could have helped tech if they could have whether they fouled McBride or not, because if they fouled McBride pretty instantly, then yeah, there might've been 15 seconds left and, but then tech wouldn't have had a timeout, but maybe they would have at least gone over that because they, the plan was to foul. Anyway, I, that's just kind of where I'm at that. I would have liked them to throw the ball in, get it half court, call a timeout. Even if there was only 2.7 seconds left, just to kind of gather yourself and prepare for a shot that uh, would hopefully have a better chance of going in or maybe, you know, plan on getting fouled, but they weren't really calling those either. And I'm not going there. I don't think that's why tech lost. I think tech lost because West Virginia could not miss, man. They just played really well. I, I think tech's defense, they had players there, they were in their face, not always, but most of the time, and they were just still draining them. I, it was just unreal. It, it was really good basketball, and I just I hated that Tech lost. You know the gas that they had gained those last seven eight minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those games you're gonna look back on this season and be like, he, we should have won that game. Uh, and, and just add to the list of Kansas and Oklahoma state at home, both those games, you, you left feeling like, yeah, we should not have lost that game. Yeah. This is pretty much not pretty much, but it's similar to probably how Texas felt after, after tech how, won there. Yeah. Like, like how hot they were shooting and, and they got a big lead and Texas tech chipped away at it and hit very nearly a buzzer beater to win it. Yeah even though uh, the referees try to give Texas the opportunity, like, no, it's only a two point and you get a couple extra seconds. So you can go and run your play <laughs> a couple extra. It, it wasn't quite that much. But it was, they put 10 seconds on the clock. Might as well. Have been. <laughs> they, they gave him a fresh shot clock. Yeah. An untimed down basically. It just like run a play till they shoot. 
Yeah. So, um, I know some, some post game quotes from beard said, like, you've got to figure out a way to win these kind of games. Like you feel pretty good scoring damn near 90 points. It's like, yeah, with an offense that, that averages like somewhere in the seventies, you score 87. You, you should feel pretty good. You had a really good offensive night on the road against a really good defensive team. Like all those things stacked up. You, you, you would otherwise feel good about the performance. Um, and we would become like, we wouldn't even be talking about how, how much this game sucked because, because <laughs> like if, if West Virginia misses the, the layup and the game ends 87, 86 Texas tech wins like, Oh man, we, we, we stayed wow. with a good, yeah, game. such yeah. a good game. And now like two point difference, like this game sucked. We like, <laughs> just, we tear everything apart. Um, not including Terrence Shannon on the last full offensive possession, jacking up a three. We're like, what are you doing? Or Micah Peavy all night. We're like, what is he doing? Yeah, he was, he was back and forth on doing something great and doing some, then fouling a, <laughs> fouling someone shooting a three and, or uh, laying on the floor and he like taps him in the leg and he gets called for a foul. Like, I don't know. That, that was, that was weird. It was, what else was weird too was Beard went into his rotation. He played 10 guys before halftime. Yeah. And, like, Agbo I, and Nadolny. Me. Yeah. They, they, they both played a lot of minutes. Uh, Nadolny played. 17. 17 minutes. Yeah. Burton played 17 minutes. Uh, Tyreek Smith only played six. Chibuzo Agbo played two, but he had a three in those two minutes. Um, Tech had 25. Here's the other thing. Tech lost this. This is what this what makes it hard. Um, I think at halftime, Tech had two turnovers, but had forced. Oh, they had one. They only had they one. Had one turnover. Turnover, but had forced seven, and then finished the game with just two turnovers and forced twelve. And of those twelve turnovers, Tech had twenty five points off turnovers. So that's. To me, that was obviously how they were able to get back in the game with West Virginia shooting so well. But then that just, that's not a great game plan. It's just, okay, well, we've got to turn the ball over and score every single time we get it. And that's the only way we're going to be able to stay in this game because this team is just red hot and there's there was no way to to take them down. I'm, I'm not trying to excuse Tech for losing, but gosh, it was going to be hard for anybody to beat West Virginia shooting like that. Yeah, like, okay, so West Virginia had zero points off turnovers. They only forced two turnovers. They only had six second chance points and five offensive rebounds. Like, like the stats of this game make no sense. Nope. Well, they, they don't make sense when you look at the or these cherry-picked stats. Let me just, just be clear. The stats I, I'm pointing out right now <laughs> don't really say that you lost this game, and at points in the game, both like it didn't feel very close in both directions. Like the, the beginning of the game, the first half until you, you were able to close it there and, and tie it felt like West Virginia was going to be in control of this game. And then you built that 12 point lead. And I felt really comfortable. It's like, okay, we just need to keep them at arm's reach here. And then, like I said, in a minute 20, they were able to get it down within four points. And it was like back and forth the last part of the game. Um, you, you held the advantage of points in the paint points off the bench points off turnovers. You forced more turnovers. You had more second chance points. You had more offensive rebounds. Um, it just, I don't know, man. It's so strange. It's one yeah. of those things where like basketball is weird. 
but man, I'm I'm really looking forward to the rematch. I'm not saying that as a you know in a jerk way or anything. I'm just these teams they played hard and they played really good basketball, and I, I'm I want to watch it again. I, I want to see this again on my screen. <laughs> I need this inject into my veins. <laughs> Let's um, do this again. So yeah, going into the game, you had you had risen two points over the week that you didn't play to number ten. Um, you are at Ken Palm as of today, Tuesday. You actually raised a point or a, a ranking, having lost to West Virginia to number thirteen. Haslametrics dropped you a couple spots to thirteen. BPI dropped you one spot from seven to eight. Your net ranking stayed the same at fourteen, which is an important one there because that's going to really settle your your NCAA tournament rank, uh, seating. Especially if they're just going to go one through sixty-eight here, being at fourteen, that's what a three seed, four seed. Uh, I believe it. That's I a four seed. math. So, um, and this is this is you know after a week where you didn't get to play TCU and Iowa State, where uh, so going in to, to this game, they they it kept showing the the Big Twelve standings and Texas Tech at what was it four and three going into this game. I was like. You should be at six and three if you didn't have those two games canceled and you'd be in second place behind Baylor, who's at seven and zero. Oh. Because there's like, was it Oklahoma was like five and one, and Texas was up there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like but you've got more wins than all those guys, or you would have. But anyways, uh, you're off a few days. You get the Big Twelve SEC Challenge this weekend Saturday. You're traveling to Baton Rouge, take on LSU who pretty good basketball team down there on the road. Uh, according to Haslam metrics, the 39th best team in the country with a pretty scary, good offense. Sixth. Yeah. Averaging 117 points per hundred possessions. Um, defense. 135th, uh, giving up a hundred points per hundred possessions. Um, and they play the adjusted tempo. They're at 71 possessions. They play a little bit faster than you do. The thing that I, I guess want to point out one more thing, according to Haslam metrics is they, they also track or, or it was Ken Palm uh, team luck. And I don't know how they do it, but following the, the West Virginia game, your team luck ranking dropped into the, like, was it like 313th most <laughs> unluckiest team? So like out of like the 330 teams, you're like only a handful of teams that are more unlucky than you are. Is that based off shot selection? Cause I've seen that flips. I saw some other tweet floating around about shot selection, about how tech should have won by 12 based on the shots they took. <laughs> it was something crazy, but yeah, LSU, I mean, they're, well, let's see, what are they? They're, they're 10 wins. They've got they're 10 and four. Of course the sec is not quite as, as stacked as the big 12. Uh, you know, their, their wins aren't, I mean, their wins aren't quite as impressive. I mean, they did beat A&M. Um, they beat Georgia in overtime. They beat Ole Miss. They got trounced by Alabama, who was ranked number 11 or 18 at the time. And then they lost to Kentucky, who's had their struggles this year too. So they're, they're on a two-game loss streak. And then they're playing A&M right now. I don't know what the score is of that. I can't dig it up right now, but they, they have an awesome offense. Like you said, I mean, just 
really powerful. Cameron Thomas averaging almost 22 points a game. And then they've got a forward, Trendon Watford. He's averaging almost 19 points a game, 6'9", 240. Mm. Could be a problem. Could be. LSU is currently up 73-66 with about two minutes to go. Okay, okay. So they're so, probably going to knock okay. that one out. But yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a decent team. I still think it's it, it should be a team that Tech should handle. But um, I'm not going to say it's going to come easy. But uh, Tech should win that one. Yeah, according to Haslametrics, it's a four-point win for Texas Tech on the road there. Um, but I mean, that's basically a one possession game. Those are always scary. Like it doesn't take much for that to flip. Um, but yeah, man, their guard, Cameron Thomas plays 31 minutes a game. Trendon Watford, the guy you mentioned plays 34. Another guard, Javante smart plays 34. Like they don't sub these guys out. Um, which to me says they're used to playing like a lot of minutes, but they haven't really played a defense that's as intense as Texas tech. So maybe like you can get them winded a little bit and get them into their bench. A little more inexperienced. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I'm really hoping that this defense will disrupt their, (laughs) what what was that? I'm on a different, was that number six ranked offense? Ranked offense. One of the best ones you've faced. According to Ken Palm. Uh, I think Texas was right up there around that. And Baylor maybe. And Baylor was, was a little bit higher. Uh, but I think yeah. Texas was like four or five when, when you played them. Yeah. I mean, uh, West Virginia was probably like number one last night. <laughs> whatever, whatever metric you can put for January 25th, that was uh, West Virginia was the number one offense in the country. But uh, yeah, this, this is going to be a pretty good, pretty fun game to watch. And I'm anxious to see how LSU does against this defense. So talking about Haslam metrics though, the rankings, um, I, I failed to mention just where Texas Tech is, is landing. The offense for Texas Tech has come way up. Um, currently 21st best offense in the country, which I think beginning of the season, we're like in the 50s or 60s. Defense has fallen a little bit. Uh, not unsurprising with the teams you've had to play uh, with Baylor and Texas and now West Virginia. Uh, you're 13th in defense. So it's not bad. Uh, so good for 13th overall, like we said. Uh, and then your following game after that is going to be against Oklahoma back, back at home after you play them on the road. Um, with the way that Oklahoma has been performing lately, the game has gotten considerably more interesting. Um, Oklahoma is ranked 24th tonight. They did beat Texas 80 to 79. Yeah. In, in Austin. Yeah. So um, that, that Oklahoma team is just getting better and better. Glad that while they're doing that, you get to play them at home. Um, when I checked, Haslametrics had the projection. Again, another three-point victory for Texas Tech. It just makes it scary. <laughs> scary close, at least. Um, but Oklahoma, man, they are they're definitely heating up. No kidding. I mean, they, they lost at Kansas, but it was really close. It was a four-point loss. But then they rattled off four in a row, uh, beating TCU, at home and then they beat Kansas state at home and then they did beat Kansas at home 75 68. And as you mentioned, took down Texas tonight in Austin. So this is a team that's definitely pretty hot right now. Uh, a little worried. Um, you know, I, I know that Austin Reeves and Davion Harmon kind of ate our lunch last game and tech was 
was lucky to get out alive. Harmon had 17 and Reeves had 13 and that's just kind of what they do. I mean, they're Reeves averages 15 and Harmon averages 13. I mean, that's just, it's, it's, they're going to get what they're going to get their points no matter what. So yeah, Harmon had 13 tonight. Reeves had 23. (laughs) Uh, let's see who else. Gibson had 12. Played 33 Gibson, minutes um, a guard. Uh, let's see. Gibson had 11 against Tech. He comes off the bench, or he did at least in Lubbock, so, or in against Tech. But it's uh, – I'm nervous about this one too, man. I mean, we don't get to take a break. LSU, I'm less nervous about. Um, but I, I am resting on the fact that Tech will be home in, in front of a home crowd for the first time in what feels like forever. And – uh, that that might help a little bit, and but man, this OU team, we just they can't be taken lightly at all, and it's a pretty quick turnaround too. Go to Baton Rouge, and then two yeah. nights later, play what's turning out to be like the maybe the fourth or fifth best team in the conference. Well, right now, looking at the standings, they're second. So <laughs> yeah, they look pretty great in the standings. That's for sure. Yeah, has them at they've earned it. Yeah, has them at the 22nd best team in the country. Uh, definitely quite a bit higher than when you played them last time. 26th offense, 35th defense. So they're 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 pretty uh, consistent there. Uh, balanced, I guess you could say. Yeah, man. Exciting. Looking forward to it. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm sorry if you if you said it, I missed it, but. Yeah, the Haslametric projections has it as another one possession game, 71-68, with Tech just barely squeaking out. And, man, that's two more of those in a row. And I think that there's something to that. These projections have been pretty close as far as to determine at least how close the game's going to be. I think the, yeah, the, the worst it's been was against Houston. The projection for last night's game was Texas Tech 71, West Virginia 69, so it was a two-point Differential, you end up you know, losing by one. Um, the one against Baylor was seven points, and you end up losing by eight. Texas had you losing by two. You won by two. So, like, it's pretty close. Yeah, it, it's right in there. Um, hey, speaking of pretty close. Yeah? That's not even a segue. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect for another week or two. And the NBA is back. LeBron James scored 21 points in the fourth quarter last night. I think that's right. It was insane. They were playing while Tech was playing, but I I was keeping an eye on that on Twitter because it just was unreal. Okay, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? 
Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, man. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit of football. What do you say? Lace them up. Lace them up. that radio call of Crabtree's catch much more than the the TV call. You know why? <laughs> yes, I do. Our current office and coordinator is <laughs> losing his mind in the background. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Michael Crabtree has done it. That's right. Sonny Cumbie. I will remind you every time we play that was in the, <laughs> the radio broadcast booth for that call. Speaking of offense though, it was a hard week for Ooh. offensive players at Texas Tech. Texas Tech lost three of them to transfer hashtag God's plan. <laughs> I believe all three of them said that too. I know two did for sure. I don't know if Bowman did, but Leggett and Polk did. Alan Bowman unsurprisingly announced his intentions to transfer. We were just kind of waiting on when it would be made official. It was Friday afternoon, I believe. Bowman for Texas Tech threw, you know, 67% completion, 5,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, 17 interceptions in three incomplete seasons. He's not played a full season yet. He may as his next destination. Um, yeah, that one uh, was interesting, but we, like I said, kind of expected it. Um, Texas Tech did add a a transfer kind of in his place from Troy. <laughs> I'm blank on, on his first name, but McNeil from Troy announced he was transferring in. Oh, good. We're, we're, we're swapping Bowman for McNeil. Um, I think McNeil's playing like one or two games at Troy. And, um, 
Previous to that, though, he was like Juco All-American for two years. So it's not like he's a, he was always uh, unproductive. He just didn't crack the depth chart at Troy, which kind of has you worried. But the the other thing I heard is like, you kind of have to have a certain number of bodies to run through practices at quarterback. So, you know, it's not like one of those things where you're going to be counting on him to be, um, taking over and being a starter. Uh, cause depending on who you ask, I think you've got a couple of guys that most people think are going to be the starter in Maverick MacGyver, McIver, Donovan Smith, or maybe Baron Morton, or maybe the guy's actually started the game for you. Henry Columbia. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> let's not forget him. We talked about that in the Slack chat this week and I, I kind of was, I was wondering if McIver would finally break out and do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he doesn't have any college experience and game time experience. He has no more than Smith or Morton, at least for college. And so I've have, I had to talk myself back down to, I do think Columbia's the guy to beat and we'll see if any of these younger guys can do it. But yeah, for based off of what you said, he's going to be the starting quarterback unless somebody shows something very promising in the off season to, to change their mind. That's how I'm going to look at it. Now, Cumbie may have a completely different thought because he's paid almost a million dollars a year to do so. But in my mind, I think if, if Columbia's, uh, you know, still here, then that's more than likely he'll at least see start the first game. We'll see though. Yeah, I don't know, man. A lot of a lot of Morton fans out there, man. And it's just not it's not fair to put it on that kid right now. And cause then you know, what what if he keeps being told and everyone thinks that he should be starting and he doesn't start and he transfers? <laughs> you know, what about what, what if we're that like, type of thing happens? It's like the reverse of a self fulfilling prophecy. Like we're, we're we're building up the hype for him and then he yeah. comes in expecting to start like and Columbia Cumbie is like, nah, we're going with somebody else. And he's like, well, I'm going to leave. Yeah. And it's not like the kid won't be good. We don't know that, but it's just starting a true freshman, no matter what is scary business. And we've been there and it didn't really work out well. Well, what you get, even with, with super talented freshmen, is you get freshman moments, like, when you, that year you played Davis Webb, Webb and Baker Mayfield, there were times when both of them looked fantastic and they're like, they're not playing as true freshmen. Like they don't look, look like they're, they're true freshmen. And then you get games where you're like that. You just chalk that up to inexperience or just like being overly confident, which you would kind of feel like you would need to be as a, as a true freshman to come in and start a game. But I don't know, man. Uh, if I had to guess, and I know it's, it's not really, um, up to me, but I want to see Donovan Smith. I would really like to see Donovan Smith too. That's, that's who, that's who excites me the most of the guys on the roster. Definitely. Yeah. But I just don't, I don't know if we'll get to see him. I, I hope we do. Yeah. Man, I, I don't know. Do at some point. All right. Other transfers, Caden Leggett, um, five career catches for 23 yards. Just was not getting playing time. Wish him the best. He can go 
contribute meaningful, at least in his, his mind somewhere else. The one that stings that was a surprise is Jalen yeah. Polk. Especially really way, promising kid. The way he was coming on there towards the end of the year. Uh, I finished the season with 28 catches, 264 yards, two touchdowns, but those last few games, you're like, okay, Polk's going to be like an option for you on the outside. He's doing really well, uh, performing for a true freshman really well. Um, I'm just like, no, not going to do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the, the Bowman one we kind of knew was coming, but then Leggett, okay, you know, best of luck, best of luck to him, but Polk really did hurt. And, and you just, yeah, you just mentioned Will Farrar, what, offensive lineman? Mm-hmm. He, so he, yep. he was one that was another surprise and guy that you would have expected um, would continue to contribute. Like he, he had played quite a bit for you um, at Texas Tech and he was one of your experienced, you know, guards, a uh, guy that had, had been around for a while. But as a, as a junior decides he's going to pack up and head out. Um, so it was one of those, like, again, it was one of those, those things where uh, you're kind of surprised by it, but I don't know, man. I think the case by case, you can kind of look at it and take it in for what it's worth and think, all right, things are, things are still okay. But then when you look at the list of four offensive players who have entered the transfer portal and what three or four days apart from one another it's worrisome i don't like that i don't like to look that um it's i'm not sure what that means i i guess that's part of maybe the turnover of a new oc but i don't know how i mean i'm not sure maybe there's some personal things going on with these guys that we don't know of that maybe they have some place in mind they want to go to that's closer to their family or I'm completely making stuff up, but just on the surface, seeing four offensive guys enter the portal in just a few days does not give me a, a, a any more of a vote of confidence than I already had on a very low level going into this next season. Yeah. It's, it's, um, Oh boy. Worrisome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so one thing I just saw when I was looking up Will Farrar uh, to look at his classification, all that kind of stuff across the very top of the ESPN page that, like, you know, they have, you usually have to schedule the scoreboard and they have like week two, a game listed for week two, the date there, February 19th. I forgot. We're going to get spring football. What? <laughs> we are all those, all those teams and conferences that we're not going to play in the fall. Put the pads on the spring. Houston Baptist, baby. They're going for it. Yeah, man. Abilene Christian. Yeah, whatever that's. Tarleton State, New Mexico State. What's that conference called? The Southland? Southland. Yeah, the Southland Conference. Yeah, man. Um, A good piece of good news. Local defensive back cornerback from Coronado high school here in Lubbock, Amari Jones committed tonight to Texas tech to 2021. So he will be signing here in a couple of weeks. Tall kid, six two, one seventy, as a, as a defensive back as a corner. Um, That's great. Tech could use some height back there. The, uh, the good thing, the other good thing is that historically you haven't really recruited guys out of Lubbock. You, you've ended up picking them up like um, Xavier white. 
when he came back, um, you just haven't, it hasn't felt like you've recruited locally and you've let some of the D one or fringe D one talent escape South Plains, but he's unranked, but uh, at, at six, two good enough to attract the attention, man, you might as well. Yeah. Happy to have you, man. Welcome. Welcome back to wait or welcome to home. Yeah. Welcome home. Um, yeah. so the Super Bowl set, man, I'm excited. Our boy, Patrick Mahomes going for his second year, back to back years. Unbelievable. He is, uh, taking on the Tampa Bay Gronkineers. There you go. You almost, you almost, almost didn't quite almost, get it out that time. I had mess it did up you there. have a, did you have a dog in the fight on Packers versus Bucks? Did you really carry the way? I, I didn't want either one to win. Cause as an NFC fan, especially recently, like when the Cowboys were decent to be competing for playoffs, like they got knocked out with the, 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 the Packers a couple years ago. Oh yeah. So yeah. I, I'm not really a, an Aaron Rodgers fan. It's always kind of bugged me. He's stupid. Good. <laughs> but then I'm also why I'm kind of against Tom Brady It's like, I'm just so sick of hearing about Tom Brady and like the story of him going to like a really crappy team and taking to the super bowl is like, gosh, get over it. We know. It's incredible, man. I know. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what it would take? This guy's like, he's five years older than me. I can't even imagine jogging around my block without keeling over. And he's just like, you know what? I'm going to move seven states away. And speaking of seven, take a seven win team to the freaking Super Bowl the first year I show up. Unreal. I I was a huge Tom Brady hater back in the day because I really liked Peyton Manning and I think it was kind of hard to like them both. So I basically had to pick and uh, I chose Manning for sure. But then once Manning got to Denver and then once, you know, especially once he retired, my feelings on Brady just kind of went to, wow, he's really incredible. I kind of don't sports hate him anymore, but man, there for a while it was it was pretty it was pretty real it was pretty real my, the the Brady sports hate it's gone away though now I can appreciate it especially especially now yeah I had a friend well, a couple of people point out and I'm sure it's all over the Twitter that well Brady's just a system quarterback <laughs> and then they would go dot 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 and say it's the Brady system <laughs> yeah. So that's basically it. But anyway, but, we fond over Brady enough. Can, can we talk about um, I was about to say the, the this guy, other guy? The guy he's lining up against, Patrick Mahomes, uh, can't remind you enough. He went to Texas Tech, and so did I. So did we. <laughs> yeah, me too. Michael's a Texas Tech grad. Um, already has a Super Bowl ring. Already a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, played baseball a little bit. You know, he played at Tech and was really good in high school. Had like a sixteen strikeout no hitter at one point. <laughs> Which played is, some basketball too. Played a little bit of basketball. Not at Tech though. Um, did, did you see that stat that said the last time that, and this is not related to the Super Bowl, but the last time a Patrick Mahomes-led team has lost by more than two possessions was that game against Iowa State, sixty-six oh. to ten. <laughs> no, I did not see that stat, but that would be it. That'd be the one. Yeah. <laughs> And so it's been a while. Uh, obviously he was hurt that day. That's the only, only, only explanation for what happened there. Um, 
Yeah. So it's, it's like this weird reflection, like where you look at like how good Patrick Mahomes is and look about his last year in Texas tech heading into the NFL. It's five and seven. Like we had generational level talent at quarterback and some pretty good pieces around him. Like Deandre Washington was no, was no slouch. Jakeem Grant. Like yeah, had some talent around him and we still lost seven games because our defense was just that bad. It's the absolute worst. <laughs> he will now appear in more Super Bowls than he did in collegiate bowl games. That one probably hurts the most. He played in one bowl game against LSU and we got destroyed by Mr. Leonard yes. Fournette who he will I, play again. We'll play against <laughs> him again because he's at, he's at Tampa Bay right now. Yeah, I think I think Mahomes kept single-handedly almost kept tech in the game for about a quarter and a half, and then that was all that all that they could do. One of the highlights on the the football bumper, I think I think it's not the one I didn't play tonight. It's actually from that game where they threw a they they, they drew LSU offsides and then threw the touchdown to to Reginald Davis because it was Joe Testador that called it. So it's in the first one. I remember this mm. now. Anyways, Patrick Mahomes next weekend. Versus Tom Brady. Yeah. Next week we'll have to be thinking about, um, if you're going to do some Super Bowl eats, we're going to have to talk about some Super Bowl eats because I have a menu plan and I'm not, but I don't want to reveal it until next week. I'm pretty excited about it. It may turn out horribly, but oh, well, I'm going for it. All right. So I think we've got, um, a couple of food related things to wrap up with what we learned before we end tonight. So, uh, let's, uh, let's get there. Let's do that. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So for, I'll go first. Uh, I was reading this article. It's more like a, like a poll or a, a quiz about all of the foods you would put ranch on. So Michael, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say a food. Yes or no ranch. Okay. Pizza, okay. Pizza. Or pizza crust. Yes. Yes. Celery and carrots. Obviously. Yes. Yes. Okay. Fries. Yes. Yeah. Onion rings. Yep. Salad. Obviously. Yeah. Baked potato. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a great choice. Done that. I, I also like to do steak sauce. Not together. Oh. But like do like a loaded style baked potato, but, but, but steak sauce on it. Oh, that's kind of classy. Yeah. Um, mashed potatoes. No. So I've never done that, but I've put ranch, the ranch seasoning on mashed potatoes before. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had that like ranch in the mashed potatoes, the powder yeah. the seasoning in it. Yes. Okay. Otherwise but, you, but on it, no, that's like you throw the consistency that's, off. That's, and it's too rich. That's just too rich. Yeah. Potato skins. Yes. Yeah. Chicken wings. Yes. Yeah. Chicken nuggets. Yes. Uh, now, now I'm saying yes to a lot of these, although yeah. ranch is not my first choice on a bunch of them, but, but yeah, well, this dipping, is dipping some nugs in some ranch. That's normal. This just says, check off all the things you would put ranch on, uh, like chicken nuggets. No, not my first. I'm going to rather go with a barbecue sauce, even ketchup before yeah. ranch, but I wouldn't hate it. Pizza rolls. Um, I kind of don't think, I don't know. I don't know if I'd mess with it. So I've, I've recently started doing it, especially when we started getting into pizza rolls in the air fryer. Just a little bit of ranch on it. 
I think it's really good. Mozzarella sticks. Yeah. Garlic knots. Like the, the, the bread from like a pizza takeout restaurant. I don't know. Bread and ranch don't go that well together okay, for so, me. Okay. The next three then bread rolls. It's a no for me. Yeah. Cause even, I mean, okay. Oh, I say that. And then I've definitely, definitely will dip pizza crust in ranch. So I don't know what I'm talking about, but bread sticks. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Waffles. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Eggs. No. Bacon. No. A burger. Okay, if there's ranch on a burger, yeah. like Twisted Root makes something like a peppercorn ranch bacon burger, and it's it's pretty good. Turkey sandwich? No. No. Tortilla chips. Yes. I used to do this a lot as a kid instead of like, like I, I, I would drink ranches and I, I'd find something to put it on so I could have ranch. Tortilla chips was one of them. Yeah. I, I, I seem to remember and I don't know why or, or what I was eating, but I'd be somewhere and maybe I had a salad, but then there was also chips and I didn't quite finish up all of my salad dressing. And so I'd be dipping the chips into the salad. Yeah. That's yeah. ranch and ranch and chips go together. Uh, we're gonna skip ahead a little bit. Corn dogs or hot dogs? No. Yeah. No. No. God. <laughs> um, taquitos, tacos, or burritos? It's a maybe taquitos, taquito, yes. but like not on tacos or burritos. Uh, agree. Taquitos, yes. <laughs> Thanksgiving turkey? God, no. No. Pasta or mac and cheese? No. <laughs> no, I have tried the ranch powder and mac and cheese, but like. Uh, it's you're, you're getting a little too fancy there. A little too rich. As you said, um, Cheetos. <laughs> that's, that's a lot going on. <laughs> I don't, I would pass on that. I would say no. I, Cheetos are perfectly fine on, on their own. Okay. Two more fried pickles. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. Um, I can't say which one I want to do. I'm going to go sushi. No, no. Okay, good. We're on the same page there. All right. So t- tell us foods that you put ranch on, especially if they're like unconventional, like s- s- some of the foods on this list. I didn't read everything off. There's like popcorn and ribs, uh, avocado toast, soup. Like, why would you put ranch in soup? You know what I did do? I think I talked about it on the podcast. Ranch rub ribs one time. Sure. But, but it was definitely not, yeah, there was no ranch dressing involved or ranch dip or anything like that. It was just the, it was a, a rub you made that tasted like ranch and that really did work. But I don't know about, I I guess that's not crazy because it's similar to wings kind of. Yeah. I don't know. I think people really like ranch. A little in a, in a weird, scary way, especially this part of the world. Uh, especially when we think about <laughs> yeah. like finger foods. So, like next time when we start talking about like Super Bowl foods, we'll definitely talk about like the ones that you have to have a side of ranch for. Yeah, I'm sure that because my wife and I have worked out our little, our menu, and I can't remember what all it was, but you've already worked out a I, menu. 
That's crazy. Oh yeah. We worked it out like a week or two ago because oh. there's a certain thing I want to make and I'm not going to ruin it yet. Okay. There's a certain thing I want to make that I've been dying to make and I finally am like, okay, Super Bowl. That's the time to bust, to bust this out. So let's, right. let's go. All right. What did you learn? I learned that Bucky's, the beaming, glowing beaver on the side of the highway that everyone just loves and gloats and talks about. I've learned that they hate West Texas. Why is that? There is no denying the fact that they hate West Texas because they just opened a Bucky's in Leeds, Alabama today. Where's that? Have no freaking clue. Leeds, Alabama. That's their second Alabama location. They already have one in Robertsdale. Leeds they have Al- a location in Forts in Fort Valley, Georgia. Leeds, Alabama has a population of 12,000. Yeah. So, um, I just kind of thought, well, I'm going to look in here into this and see where they have locations. And I, I've always known this, but it blew my mind that they have locations in Alabama and Georgia, but none, none <laughs> west of I-35 pretty much. I also heard that if they were going to come this way, like it was down, it would be down between Lubbock and Amarillo and they'd probably go with Amarillo. Which I'm fine with because the, yeah, I mean that, that would make sense to me because I 40 probably gets a lot more traffic than I'm sure that's what they're looking at. I'm sure they're looking at how many cars drive by here. And so I 40, I'm sure is a lot more traveled than <laughs> West 84 and I 27. So that doesn't hurt my feelings, but it's just kind of one of those things where how is this, this beacon of Texas supposed to be such a beacon of Texas when it completely ignores like two thirds of the state. Yeah. Put one in Amarillo, put one in El Paso, put one Midland Odessa. Can you imagine how much would get sold at a Midland Odessa Bucky's? Abilene. Abilene. Yeah. Abilene would be a good place for right on I 20. So I was going to ask you, you know what, when highway goes through Leeds, Alabama, I 20. There you go. That's why like it legit cuts leads in half. Well, and that's why it's, it's just weird. My in-laws in Crestview, Florida live closer to a Bucky's than I do. Strubbing in man. They'll live, live closer than, than me in the state in which it's just, you know, just so fondly loves it. But anyway, uh, all that to say all soaps forever. <laughs> I don't need clean bathrooms. I just need a, a really awesome fried burrito. <laughs> That's all I learned. Yeah. I, I, I've been to Bucky's once and I, I, I would like to go back, but it was an experience. I'm like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it again. Um, so yeah, man, that, that'll do it this week for us. A 23 personal podcast. We've got basketball coming up, baseball news. Not enough soon though spring football not just for texas tech but for lowly schools that'll do it for us i'm spencer it's michael we'll catch you next time thank you for listening to the 23 personnel podcast and sharing our fandom for the texas tech red raiders you can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. 
Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.